before, there are many people that live in this world and have lived in this world that have that name. Amen? Amen. But there's something different about that name because not all of those people that have that name now and forever have been Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? God with us. Father God, thank you so much for being here, for the promise that you have made to us and the promise I feel so confident, I believe with all of my heart, that you keep. And that is that where two or more are gathered in that name that is above every name, that name of Jesus, where two or more are gathered, you are in the midst. And Lord, thank you for visiting with us today. Thank you for being in our midst today. Lord, this is all about us worshiping and adoring you. Father, we're here. I, there are people in this room and maybe people are watching and listening, Father, that want to desire a closer walk with you, to desire to be in your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. All those promises to, to us, Father, mean so much, but we just want to be with you, Lord. Your presence changes everything, Lord. There are some people in this room and some people are listening and watching need to get in your presence because we're in a bad place. We're in a bad place. Lord, we need to get into your presence where all the bad goes away. No, 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 no. It doesn't go away. But your grace is greater than all of that bad, all of that negativity, all of the things that hurts, the harms, the the circumstances that we find ourselves in the middle of this morning. Father, in your presence, those things just burn because of the brightness of your presence, because of the... Father, because the darkness has to bow down in your presence. So Lord, let that be the order today. As we break the bread of life, as we study your word, Lord, let us all grow in knowledge. Let us all, Father, feel, experience your presence And let us be changed. Even if our circumstances don't change, let us be changed that we may rise above our circumstances. Father, I pray loss in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. So, one of the verses that we were in last week was out of Ephesians. And I want to just add a little bit to what uh, Michelle had said. Not only are we collecting items, um, but we're also given opportunity for all of us to participate in um, the homeless ministry. Dee has started, and uh, I met with the folks that um, are in charge of that ministry or the founder of the ministry, so on and so forth, whatever. But um, the end of August, the last Sunday in August, we're going to be going uh, with Dee uh, to this, uh, sit- into this situation. I want as many of you uh, to go as you can. We're collecting the things, and we'll be collecting them in this church, so it doesn't matter how many you have, how many of this item, that item, the other item, whatever items that you have, whatever the Lord is leading, just get them, and we're going to start collecting them in this church, and then we're going to bring them when we go, and we're going to give them, Miss D has already um, gotten some backpacks, we'll be filling backpacks, but we're also going to be filling backpacks in this church. We're going to eventually, and I was very honest with the folks, I said, we're going to go in there, we're going to help you, we're going to work with you, but my goal is to do this, which has been the goal of the, this ministry from its onset, is that we're going to be in Dade City blessing folks. Come on in. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Bless you. So glad to see you this morning. Bless you. 
So our goal is to minister to the homeless in Dade City. So we'll be working with them, uh, and Ms. D has already started. So we'll be joining Ms. D, uh, getting the lay of the land, for lack of a better term, and then we're going to be bringing it here and operating out of this church. I did. I was very honest with those folks, told them exactly uh, what my motive was long term, but then also did share with them that we would work together. Uh, we wouldn't just abandon our support of them. We would also help them as well. But my goal, our goal, and the vision of this ministry is that we should be working and be the church outside of these walls. Amen? Amen? And that's part of it. That's just one little part of it, helping the homeless. And my goal is that we, as many of you as can, can go that last Sunday in August and help to serve. But then also some of the men especially can minister. Just ask to, to pray and, and just get used to that. Get get. Get a certain confidence that Holy Spirit will lead God and direct you and, and get a feel for it. Amen? Amen. Okay, so again, I, I hope you'll pray about it, but I, more than pray about it, I hope, you know, this is a spiritual, this is God giving us opportunity. And so I hope that you will take the opportunity as God leads. Amen? Amen? Amen. So again, Ephesians was one of the scriptures that we were in last uh, Sunday, and then Wednesday, in our small uh, Bible study, or adult Bible study, we started the, the uh, book of Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesian church. So we're going to start there in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with Holy Spirit of promise. Now, my brothers and sisters, there's no accident here. I know... I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, you need to know that I, there's a reason why when you look in your Bible, you won't see the same emphasis that I've placed on this scripture today. Obviously, in him, the word of truth and Holy Spirit of promise. My brothers and sisters, what I did when I, when I, I didn't really notice this before, but as we began this study on Wednesdays, one thing, through, we, we got through verse 10, I believe, on Wednesday. We, we're doing a verse-by-verse study, an adult Bible study uh, Thank you for joining us this morning. We're doing an adult Bible study. We're going verse by verse. And this, uh, we just started the book of Ephesians. But through the first 10 verses, what I noticed that I hadn't noticed before is grace is mentioned at least three times. And in him, in some form or fashion, in Christ, in him, belong, is mentioned at least six times just in those 10 verses. And as we go a little bit further, we'll see that it's more than that. But uh, we're going to go ahead and go back. Some of us, this is repetitive, but please bear with me. And we're going back to Ephesians now, uh, chapter 1, now beginning verse 7. In verse 7 it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made it known to us, the mystery, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Hallelujah. Now, if you, you'll see this, I added this, my brothers and sisters, please, I know that this is repetitive. I, I, I do know. And you've heard it from this pulpit over the last year or two so many times. And the reason why I'm going to keep doing this is because so many different denominations, so many quote-unquote Christians define grace for us. But I'm telling you, we don't need to have a denomination or a person or a Bible scholar define it. The Bible defines it for us. And I believe this is part of it in Philippians. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will. Did you see how I highlighted that? Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
This is grace. God working in us, right? And you've heard that time and time again. But now if you'll go back and you'll see uh, the mystery of His will. See, it's not a mystery anymore. It's, it's not a mystery. His will and, and the things of God are not a mystery. Some things are. Some things He has kept back. But the mystery of His will for us, for human beings, for what we are and what we should be on this earth, it's not a mystery. It's been revealed in Christ Jesus by His grace in Christ, through Christ. Amen? It's no longer a mystery. That's part of what the definition of grace is. We don't have to wonder anymore. By the grace of God, you know. It's been revealed to us. Amen? And not only has He revealed what His will to you and me is, but He has also empowered us to do what He's asking us to do. And I know you've heard that dozens of times within the last two years from this pulpit, but I'm going to keep saying it. And I want to tell you something else while I'm fired up in this moment. I've read some things and I've heard some things this week that just made my blood boil. It's stuff that we already knew, but it's just now coming to a head. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, folks like me who preach from this Bible and are what they call conservative Christians, we're being marginalized and now we're being called names specifically. We're being, like some people would say, because I preach out of this Bible and because I preach the truth of God, what it, what it says, word for word, right, that I am um, a white uh, nationalist or whatever they call them. What is, is, is that, did I get that right? That, that basically, uh, my brothers and sisters, nothing could be further from the truth. And part of that is so that people will stop believing what this Bible says and start believing some derivatives of what the Bible is. For instance, there are churches and denominations and there are certain Christians who think that abortion is okay uh, with some restrictions. If the life is a life, then there shouldn't be any restrictions. If you're making your... Listen, if you're making your decision... I know you've heard this before, but bear with me, please. If you're making your decision that abortion is wrong based on that is a life, based on what God says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. If, you, if you're basing your decision on that, then there, should be any, there, there shouldn't be any other uh, restriction or any other uh, caveat to, well, it's okay in this case. No, either it's wrong or it's not. How about this? Because the culture, the current culture, and this isn't a new thing. This was done in the early 20th century as well for people who wanted to get God out of the culture. This is what was done. What they do is they try to redefine sexuality because it's something that's in us. It's something that God has put in us, right? That's part of who we are. That's Come on. Okay, so now watch. What they're trying to do is they change that. Why do they change that? The image of God has to be destroyed, has to be tweaked. People cannot change their culture if they have a belief in the fundamental, uh, the fundamentals of this scripture. If they believe fundamentally what the scripture says is absolute truth, Amen. Amen. Okay, so now what they'll do is now they're talking, and I've I've read some article and it blew my mind that someone who is a theologian, someone who has a doctorate in Christian studies and theology, would actually say that people like me who preach this word for word. Hey, not just me, anyone, that we should be tagged and we should be marginalized. Why? Because it doesn't go with the narrative that they would like. What is that? That God didn't just create two genders. That you know, sexuality is something that has evolved and is something that has developed over the years. And my Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And listen, if we want to start changing this, then we might as well throw it away because we've made man ourselves God. 
Okay, so now, okay, that's it. I, I'm, I'm done. I didn't mean to say all of that, but I just, it just makes my blood boil. So when I come across scriptures that plainly state what God is saying, what the meaning of certain things are. I don't need someone who has a, a PhD after their name or someone who is a Bible scholar to interpret this for me. I will listen to other people. Don't get me wrong. I will listen to other people, but I'm going to measure it always against this. Always. Because this interprets itself. Not only that, we have a blessing because God, we just read about the Spirit. God has given us Holy Spirit. That's part of this grace. Amen? So let's continue in verse 10. That in dispensation of the fullness of, of the times, he might gather together in one all things. Where? In Christ. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth. In him. In him also we have obtained. What, what's that? We have obtained an inheritance. Where? Where do we obtain the inheritance? In him. See, in Him, this is all about Him. It's all about being in Him. In Him we also have obtained an inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. I love that. I love that. You know what this is saying? God does it because He wants to. Period. I have no problem with that whatsoever. He's God, I'm not. He knows everything. And he has, listen, I have every confidence based on what God did on that cross that the things that he wills for my life are for my good. If it wasn't for my good, why would he, God, take a body, let himself be tortured, let himself, listen, let himself be absolutely used and abused, let himself be rejected by his own people, his own family? Why would he go ahead and let himself be tortured if he didn't have my best interest in his heart? He did that for me. So what am I going to... Well, he's doing it all according to the counsel of his own will. Yeah, because in the end, he wants me to be restored to that original Adam. That, that, come on. That original man, that original human that he had, that he walked and talked with in the cool of the day, that he had that personal relationship with, which he starts now. And then when I'm fully sanctified, I can't, I, I'm looking forward to the day when now I know in part, but then face to face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I get a little excited. I see some of you maybe had a uh, late night last night. In Him we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. It's all about glorifying God, right? So here's another scripture that we've all been, that we're all familiar with, but I want you to look at it with me again. In first and Second Peter, excuse me, um, chapter 1, verse 2. Grace. You see that word Grace. Highlighted, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, or Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me ask you something. How is grace multiplied to you and peace? Right? It's, it's right there. It's not a trick question, right? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge, right? In the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the more you become knowledgeable, the more knowledge that you have as it relates to God, the things of God, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the more grace abounds toward you and the more peace you have with God. That's, is, see, again, I wonder what that means. Exactly what it says. Exactly what it says. I don't have to guess. Are you, where, are you with me? Okay. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, 
by which have been given to us exceeding and great promises, precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay, so now, watch. In Him, we have, we just talked about a few things. In Him, the things that we have, right? This grace abounds toward us, and in that grace that we have uh, from God, or because of the grace that God has extended toward us, we have all of these things that we need for this life, including, right? Right? His divine nature. But we have to escape the lust that's in the world. So now, i gotta, I got to say something to you now. Remember all of those highlights in Him? In Him? So now we got to ask ourselves... Are we living in Him or are we living in the world? That's what this boils down to. That's what this boils down to. Now, I could go ahead and start another message right here and talk to you about the church of Laodicea. We could talk about the letter to the churches you know, where they're kind of living partly in and partly out or some of the things that they're doing are not fully those things that are acceptable to Christ except for the church of Philadelphia. Amen? Okay, so, but I'm not going to go there because there's much more here. So we're going to go to um, John. Again, more scripture that we're all familiar with. Beginning in verse 14, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see? This grace is that is so important to us is not something that just allows us to go and live like we used to live. Right? Okay, this grace that's so important for us to us is something that had to be realized by Jesus Christ coming on earth, living a life, living a life totally pure, and then giving up his life, and then being and then being raised from the dead. Amen. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was of he whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Look at sixteen with me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. What that means, grace is growing. See, grace, grace, we're growing in grace. Grace upon grace, okay? So now watch. Again, I I know this is repetitive, but I need for you to really understand this. And maybe there's someone new listening. I need for you to understand this. If grace just was simply God's unmerited favor, then you either have it or you don't. It's not something that you can grow in. What do I, how do I do, what do I do? Do I become God's more favorite by... um, um, you know, shining his shoes or doing something, the, the human thing, where we try to get favor with other humans by, by kissing up to them, or, or come on now. See, don't look at me like that. Listen. Listen to what I'm saying. If you're able to grow in grace, then, then it can't be just simply just God's unmerited favor. Because how would you do it? Right? No, this growing in grace is acting in obedience, living what you already know. And then, listen, grace upon grace, there's this, and again, I've got, I've got to repeat it to you, then there's this synonymous thing that's happening. As you're growing in the Spirit, you're growing in grace. As you follow the Spirit more and more, you're growing in grace upon grace. Your status is changing. Amen? God is able to work through you, in you more and more. Amen? Okay, and, and the fullness of, and, and of, fullness of we, have, we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, so now watch. Uh, uh, 
the grace, it's by grace that we know His will. It's by grace that we have the strength to do His will. So look at 1 Thessalonians with me. 1 Thessalonians 5. Listen, for those of you who, who don't like a lot of Scripture, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to tell you what the Scripture says. This is what God is saying. So it's not Tony, it's the Scripture. And so this is how we, this is how we do it. And so look, watch. The preaching will come, and the preaching will be in the middle of it. But this is what the Scripture says. Okay? 1 Thessalonians 5.16 Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So my brothers and sisters, remember, I've just, you know, again, we've, through, through this pulpit, again, defining grace, right? So now if you look at this, grace, knowing what the will of God is, empowered to do it, so look what it says. Pray without, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. So you see, you're, you're knowing that you should pray without ceasing, that you should rejoice, and all, rejoice always, even in negative circumstances. But I can't do that. Yeah, in my humanness, I cannot. But if I understand by the grace of God that He's empowering me to live above my circumstances, now I start to understand that. And listen, the more I do it, grace upon grace... Wow, you guys are quiet. Maybe so. Now look, if if and don't quench the spirit. Do you see the connection now between grace and the spirit? Because if you're being listen, you know what the will of God is. He's empowered you to do it. But now he, on that next part of that verse, he's saying, "Don't quench the spirit." So you're being listen. You're given the unction by Holy Spirit. You understand by Holy Spirit what the will of God is for your life. And then He empowers you to do it. But then if you don't do it, because you still have a choice. So if you... God never takes away your choice. So if you don't do it, that's the equivalent of quenching the Spirit. Or in another scripture, it would say... What's the other terminology, real quick? Uh, Quenching the Spirit, and then there's grieving the Spirit. See, we can't do those things. Right? Okay, so now, if you're, are you in Christ? The question has to be asked. Are you in the world? Are you in Christ? Because look at all of these blessings. Look at all of this stuff that we have in Christ. All of, this, all of these things, all of these blessings, all of this power. Look at this grace that we have in Christ. So now watch. In this world, the world is designed, the enemy of our soul, he's the prince in the power of the air. It's designed, he's his Function is the same as it always was. To distract and to beat us about the head and shoulders, to get us to look at different things, right? To get us to be down a little bit, and then when we're down or fatigued and we feel all this stress and pressure, we don't act according to spirit now. We act out of emotion a lot of times. Are you with me? So now, if you, if you find that happening, where you're emotional, you're, you're fatigued, you're stressed, you feel everything, everything is against you, you're in the middle of these negative situations, and you know, nothing seems to go well, and blah, you know, fill in the blank. Join the club. Join the club. But my brothers and my sisters, here's what he's saying. In the middle of that, you can have peace. Why? Because of his grace. And it could be multiplied to you. How? The more I follow Him, the more I... Listen, the more I just say, I'm going to be in Him and nothing that the enemy is going to do and none of these circumstances are going to draw me back out. Come on. Have you made up your mind? 
There's so much, in Christ we have so much. In Ephesians 4, uh, 21, it says the truth is in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So in him we have all of these benefits, we have all of this stature, all of this status in him. If you're experiencing all of this other stuff and just you, you really feel like you're being walked over, you really feel like you're being beat about the head and shoulders constantly and you just can't get ahead, maybe you need to get back in Him. Amen. Maybe you need to stop looking at what's going on in the world. Maybe you need to stop listening to what they're telling you you should listen to. Amen. Maybe you need to go ahead and get back in Him. Listen to what He says. In Him is the truth. Right? In Christ we have truth. There are, you've heard it from this pulpit many times. Our young people, all of us, because of social media, because of any kind of media, what's on cable TV, what's in the movies, what's on the newspapers, what's left of them, what's in magazines, what's in any publication. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. This is not a political thing. Excuse me while I adjust this microphone here. It's bothering me. I don't care what side of the aisle that you're on. None of us are being told the truth. Okay? Let's just get it right there. So, so listen, what am, I, what am I to believe? Right here. Here's what you believe. And even if it doesn't look like this is true, I'm telling you it's true. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, in Him is truth. Either, either that's true, or, you could, or you, we're wasting our time. You could throw this away, and we're wasting our time. And I know that we're not wasting our time. And many of you in this room, and many of you watching and listening, know that you're not wasting your time. Why? Because you already know Him. You already have experience with Him. You already, listen, it's not that He made the hair rise up on the back of your neck and you spoke in a tongue or you gave up. No. No, 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 no. You know that you know that you know because you walk with Him daily. When you are reading His Word, it's like the light goes on. Come on. Let me ask you something. Have any of you... Met, I'm an old man. I know. Don't let the boyish looks fool you. Don't let the gray in the beard fool you. I'm an old man. But, 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 but think about this. I, I even now, I'm, I marvel at... As many times, I've been studying this Bible now for about 40 years, and as many times as I read some things, I still get depth from it. Nothing different, nothing changes, but I get more depth. Uh, Come on. And so some of you, the same thing. Have you ever just been reading a scripture that you've read so much, but then all of a sudden you read and it's like a light goes on? Yeah. Yeah, that's Holy Spirit. That's God speaking to you. Have you ever noticed also that there become there's a certain circumstance or situation in your life? You open up your Bible to do your daily reading, to do your daily reading, to do your daily reading. You dusted it off. No, you open up your Bible to do your daily reading, and you just find that that scripture just applies wholeheartedly to where you find yourself. That's that's how God speaks to you. Amen. I've told you this story before, but there are new people in here, so I get to tell it again. Hallelujah. No, uh, you know, Rachel has always been a, a, a compliant child. It, it, but, you know, we started, we had a little bit of an issue. We're getting ready to go to church one night, and I had to reprimand her. And so I start speaking to her like dad, but I also speak to her out of the word. God says this, and this is what the word says, so on and so forth. Okay, we're going to church tonight, and you're going to sit right next to me. And the kids didn't like that because I sit in the front. I, I like to be real close to the front. And you're not sitting with your friends. You're not doing anything. You're sitting right next to me. Oh boy, that's the worst of all things. Not just that you got to sit in the front, but you got to sit next to dad. So she's sitting on my left side. I remember it like it was yesterday. And so uh, Pastor Moran's ministering. It was an awesome message as usual. He's ministering. And my God is so good. God starts speaking some of the same uh, scriptures that I just spoke to her back at the house. 
And he's speaking the same scriptures. And I looked over to my left, and she looked at me, and her eyes were as big as saucers. And I said, honey, does God, listen, does God speak to us? Yeah. So, so, so listen, my brothers and sisters, listen, what, what is that? Would I just say that to just brag on my daughter? No, I'm telling you, my brothers and my sisters, God speaks to you. God wants to have that kind of relationship with you, and it's going to be through His Word. And it's going to be true. And sometimes it's not going to feel good. Sometimes it's going to cost you. But in the end, you win. Because I've read His Word, and many of you had too. I've read the back of the book. We win. We win. You know how many times I had to remind people of that this week? At least three or four times. At different people I had to remind this week. To try and encourage you. Know, you're going through a tough time. Things are tough. I understand that. Man, been there, done that, and still going through it. But I just know this. Endure. Hang on. Abide in Him. Because if you remain in Him at the end, you win. Hallelujah. Guaranteed. Hallelujah. So now let's go back to Ephesians. I know you wanted to go back there anyway. So here we are in verse 3 of of chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So do you see this? You're blessed with everything that you... Are you kidding me? He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now watch. Why is that so big? Because these are eternal blessings. When he is saying this, when he's, he's saying to us that what God has blessed you with, it's not temporary. What God has blessed you with is in the everlasting realm. So it doesn't matter what you have to endure short term here, although God is with you, enduring it with you. But what really you need to know is that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That means for eternity. It doesn't matter what happens here. No one can take anything away from you. God has it stored up for you and it's not going nowhere. Hallelujah. Just as He chose us, where? In Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and, listen to this, we should be holy and without blame before Him. So when we're in Him, we we have no sin. God doesn't see sin. God doesn't see the mistakes that we made. We give them to, they're under the blood. Come on, that doesn't mean that we have license to sin. See, right away, I know I'm going to get in trouble. Right away, I know the Pharisees and the, and, the, and the legalists just, you know, they just, oh, he's, he's, he's preaching false doctrine. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, though, is in Christ is the only shot you have to be without sin. If you are not in Christ, you are a sinner no matter what you do, no matter how good you think you are, no matter how many good works you do, that according to your mind, according to your heart, it's not good enough. You have to be in Him and do the works that He's called you to do. Alright, we'll get, we'll get more into that in a minute. And so... Those of you who I've already made mad, hang on, I'll fix it. <laughs> Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. There we go again. He didn't do it for any other reason. He didn't do it because I'm so good looking. Wow, that was your chance right there. He, di- he didn't do it. it. He did it. He didn't do it because he thought that I would be special. Thank you. He didn't do it because I would be special. He didn't do it for any other reason because he wanted to. It was done according to his will. He wanted to do it. He wanted to save me. He wanted to adopt me. And guess what? Not just me. You. Any of you. Any of you who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, any of you who are in Him, you, are, you have been predestined to be His child, His daughter, His son. Oh, 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 come on. 
Hallelujah. That is an awesome thing. It doesn't matter. What nation you come out of, where your ancestry is from, doesn't matter. Color of your skin, doesn't matter. What language you speak, none of that matters. Nothing matters. Gender, none of that matters. It doesn't matter what you did before. What matters is right now. Right now, are you in Him? If you are in Him, then you have received the spirit of adoption. You are His son. You are His daughter. Man, that's so awesome. To the praise of the glory of His grace. You see this interconnection now. Again, grace, His will. In Him, this is awesome stuff, by which He made us accepted, where? In the Beloved. In Him. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. So look, in Him, we have redemption, we have the forgiveness of sins, in Him, but we have to be in Him. See, that's the qualification. Right? He made us accepted in the Beloved. We are accepted by God. Because of His grace, by Jesus Christ, came by Jesus Christ, we are accepted by God. So now, some of you may be thinking, why do I have to come here and hear that? I already knew that. Well, did you? And as we go further, maybe you can understand exactly what I'm saying. In Galatians 3, it says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? So we have the blessing of Abraham in Christ Jesus. Now some of my, some of the people that preach the prosperity doctrine think that that means that everybody's supposed to be rich like Abraham. That's not what it says. The blessing of Abraham was that the promise was coming through him. That Jesus was coming through him. That was the And the Holy Spirit would be coming through him, through Jesus. Amen? That was the blessing that he's talking about. And the blessing through, because of Abraham, because here's the other thing. That it's done by faith. The promise was given and sealed. The covenant was made with Abraham because Abraham believed God. And so now by faith we have the same. Are you with me? Right? Okay, that's awesome stuff right there. (sighs) 2 Corinthians 1, 20-22. For all the promises of God in Him, in who? Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus, all the promises of God are yes and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now, He who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us in God, is God. See that? This is all about being in Him, being in Christ. Are you with me? Are you in Him? He also has sealed us and given us, listen, the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So here's part of that promise. Again, where is what we have working? We have, listen, being in Christ, we have grace and we have spirit. These are, these are just intertwined. You, you have to have all of this. This is the equation. This is what gives us our victory. This is what keeps us, this is what makes us Christians. Not that we say, I believe in Jesus. Thank you. Uh-oh. I thought I was already awake. What the heck happened? (laughs) Hallelujah. So now watch. I want to share one more thing with you and then we're going to move on. And then I'll preach. Listen. This is a critical... This is is something that we do have in Christ that's critical. Okay? It's not going to be up on the the screen. It's going to... Just listen. Write it down and look it up. Check me out. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Did you hear that? 
If anyone is in Christ, if you're in Christ, that means old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay, Tony. What? I'm still a short Italian. What? Before I, was in, before I was in Christ, I was a short Italian. Now I'm in Christ, I'm still a short Italian. Listen, this is not talking about you know, that, you know, c- circumstances and situations that you, know, you may or may not have uh, surrounding your physical body. Surround, but no, you know what this is speaking to? Listen, I no longer walk according to the nature in this world, my old nature. Now all things are new. And that means, look, now... I get a fresh start. All of that stuff back then doesn't matter anymore. None of that matters. That's all under the blood. That's all behind me. Come on. So it doesn't matter how ugly I was. It doesn't matter how the, all of the bad things that I did. It doesn't matter the things that I said. If I am in Christ right now, behold, all things have become new. God has put that behind me, and now I need to put it behind me too. Amen. So now I'm going to talk to some Christians who have made mistakes. And you've been told by legalists and the Pharisees that, you know, you need to do this, this, and that. You know what you need to do? You need to go to Jesus. Confess your sins, and you'll be made brand new right now. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen? So, if, listen. Now, if you're, if you're continuing to make sin your habit, if you're continuing to live according to your own counsel, then you need to get back in Him because you're not in Him. How do I know that? It says it right in this word. It says it. Amen? Okay. So now we're going to, the rest of this, most of this message, I think, Lord willing, will come out of John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, Jesus, this is when Jesus fed the 5,000, 5,000 men with two fishes and five loaves. Remember? Okay. So he fed the, that many people, it was, it was remarkable. It was, a, it was an amazing thing, right? And it was so amazing that some of the people want to take him forcibly and make him their king. And Jesus knew this, so he went up into the mountain. And so his apostles were waiting. They, they waited a little while, but then they got into their boats and they went to the other side of the sea. Remember that? Okay, so now it's, it's night and Jesus comes down off the mountain. He starts walking on water, and the wind starts blowing. And, and all, but they accept him. They pulled him into the boat. They accepted. He caught up with them. So that was pretty amazing to me too. So Jesus is taking steps like a man. He's a man. But whatever those strides are taking, boy, he's gliding, baby, because they're rowing, and they've already been out there, and they're rowing. So maybe that wind was against them, so that Jesus could catch up. I don't know. But regardless, it was amazing. Jesus is. Um, he's, he's walking on the water. They accept him into the boat. Okay? Now, they go to the other side. The next day, the people that he fed are looking for them. They can't find them, so they figure they went to the other side. They go to the other side. Lord, we've been looking for you. And, and Jesus says something to them in verse 26. I'm going to read some of this will later on be on the board, but just listen. Please give me your attention. So I'm going to start reading from verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. I want to pause there. Remember earlier in the scripture, we have the blessings in heavenly places? There you go. We're working so hard and we're doing so much here on earth. And that's part of the reason for our stress, so that we can have certain things here. And it's not wrong for you to want certain things for your family. It's wrong if those things have you. 
It's wrong if that becomes the focus and that becomes your attention and Jesus isn't first. Because Jesus says if you take care of His business first, He'll take care of your business. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. If you love Jesus and you're abiding in Him, He provides for you one way or another if you hang on. Okay? And, and, And listen, Jesus loves your kids more than you do. No, I know that. I'm smart. No. He died for them. You didn't. He's already given up His life for them. So I, could, I did when I was a younger man. Even when I was a younger Christian, I, I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work longer. I'm going to get that next position so I can give my kids more things. And then a brother in the Lord told me one time, Tully Blanchard, Tony, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. So I thought that I was doing right by my kids and my wife by you know, working hard, putting in the hours and all this other stuff. But really, all I was doing was giving them things. Right? Okay, so now what God is saying, listen, you're, the blessing that we should be looking for is the blessing in eternity. Not just everlasting life. No, no, no. Not just escaping hell, but those things. So here, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set His seal on Him. Then they said to Him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? This is key. Verse 29. Jesus answered them and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him who He sent. Did you hear that? This is, what you, this is the work of God. This is the work that you need to do. The work is that you need to believe in who the Father sent. What is he saying? You need to believe in me. Right? Okay. So there's, what sign will you give us? What sign will you give us? And they're talking about, hey, listen, you know, Moses sent bread from heaven. You know, Moses gave us a... Well, Jesus corrected him. God sent you the bread, not Moses. Moses didn't do that, right? <laughs> Then Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, in verse 32, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Look at verse 35 with me. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Did you you see that? Okay, so now let's, let's pause here for a minute. When he's talking about hungering and thirsting, right? He's not just talking about the physical hunger and thirst that we experience for food and for drink. The things that you need in this life, you're not going to go without if you're following Jesus. The temporal things, the things that you need to live, the things that you need, he will provide for you somehow, some way. Now watch, you might have this picture in mind, you know, uh, I'm not going to shop at Walmart. I'm not going to put on Walmart clothes. Uh, I'm going to go to someplace else. I mean, I'm going to go to whatever. I, I don't even want to start naming them. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You're, you're, you may think that unless you're having uh, a certain kind of food or unless you're wearing a certain clothes or unless you're driving a certain car or unless you have a house in a certain neighborhood that you're not being provided for. <laughs> no. No. Let me ask you all something because I've had this with a... Pharisee, I had this conversation. Let me ask you something. 
Our brothers and sisters who are living on the other side of the planet, our brothers and sisters who are living in North Africa, who are living in the Middle East, who barely have anything, they just have enough, who are living in shacks, does God love them less? No, no, I'm asking you. Does God love them less? Let me ask you, do, do they not have faith? They have faith. In fact, they probably have more faith than we in America. They can't... Listen, many of them die because they refuse to renounce Christ. Even in the middle of their poverty, they will not renounce Christ. Come on. Come on. But look at... But, so my brothers and sisters, so, so if God doesn't provide the certain thing, if we don't have a certain food, if we don't have three squares a day, if we don't have whatever, if we don't have you know, Captain Crunch instead of cream of wheat or whatever, do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? My brothers and my sisters, you know, it's, it's not according to our expectation. It's not according to how we've been trained. Remember, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have new, are become new. I have to change what, the way I'm thinking now. I'm not following Tony anymore. I'm not following the, the, the fat and fancy, the, the cultural mores. I'm not doing that. I'm following Christ. And he says, seek me first. My kingdom, my righteousness, and all the things that you need will be provided for you. You'll have them. And you may not like where they're coming from. Oh, let me, let me drop on this a little bit. You may not like where they're coming from. Come on, that's your pride. And I'm going to tell you something right now. God may go ahead and let somebody bless you who you didn't want to get blessed from so that you can learn a lesson. So that you can swallow your pride and you can humble yourself before God. Amen? And humbling yourself before God doesn't mean that you get to be haughty before people. Oh my gosh, you guys are so quiet. That was, a, that was truth. That was real. See, it's just like this, and you've heard me say this before. God says, how can you love God who you can't see if you can't love your brother who you can see? The love that you have for your brother shows the love that you have for God. So now watch. How can I humble myself before God if I refuse to be humble before people? Either I have that spirit of humility or I don't. Jesus humbled Himself. He became lower than the angels. He took on a human body. Right? He left glory. So, so should I be all proud and, and, and not humble myself before men? Come on. Come on. Are, are you there? And listen, I didn't plan any of this stuff that I'm speaking to these scriptures. I didn't plan. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, some of us need to be humble. We're too proud. We're too arrogant about certain things that we know or that we do. We, we, or we have spiritual pride. I, I, you know what? I've met so many people that have had spiritual pride. And some of the things, and I, when I was a baby Christian or when I was a, an adolescent Christian, they hurt me. Why? Because now I'm thinking, wait a minute, they're saying this and they're acting like that. What am I missing? So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to change or, or I need to look at a different doctrine or theology or maybe I need, maybe I need to read one of the books that they're reading. Uh-uh. Read this. Amen. Read this. And, I'll find, and, you know, and you know what I found out when I studied and read this more? They're wrong! They're wrong. Hallelujah. God, let God be true and every man be a liar. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, this will never change. But I am going to say this to you. And I, 
Remember what I was telling you about earlier? All of these theologians and these PhDs and all these so quote unquote Christian experts, they're changing the Bible. So I'm telling you, young people, I know that we're in the electronic age. Please get yourself a hard cover of the Bible and hang on to it. Because when these are gone, you're going to get what's on a computer or what's on electronics, and it won't be true. They're going to change it. They're already changing it. So please get yourself a hard cover of the Bible. Parents, grandparents, buy some Bibles while we still can do it and make sure that your kids, if the Lord tarries, which I don't think He will, but if He does, our young people need to make sure that they got some copies because pretty soon it ain't going to be there. Hallelujah. What's online, what's on the electronics, it's not going to be this. All right. I'm glad I got that in. Hallelujah. So we read, I am the bread of life. Now, there's more stuff that transpires, but we're going to jump down now to verse 56. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. There we go. Abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So now we know that when people, when, when he preached this, a lot of people walked away from him. What? I mean, is he talking about cannibalizing? What's he talking about? This is too hard to understand. And remember, a lot of them walked away and walked with him no more, the Bible says. Right? They couldn't understand it. But my brothers and sisters, look at what it says in 63. 663. And you guys know this because we've been quoting this forever around here. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. What? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. 14. John 1, 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So is it possible that when He's saying, do eat my flesh and drink my blood, He's talking about taking in everything that he says. And, and listen, and when you eat something, it's in you. It's part of you now. It nourishes you. It gives you energy. It strengthens you. It, listen, it is the very, when you take in that nourishment, it nourishes the body, the organs, and everything else. And so that's, what, that's where you get your energy. That's where you get your drive. That's what, that's what sustains you. Amen? Amen? And is it possible, and I'm not saying, I'm just, and I'm not saying thus says, says the Lord, but we do know when he says, drink my blood, we know that the life is in the blood. Right? God says that. The life is in the blood. So now, I'm, I'm eating Him. I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing that Word. I'm reading the Word. I'm devouring the Word. And it's energizing me. And it's giving me truth. Right? Now, that's what's keeping me in. Now, listen. Remember where we were. We need knowledge. Right? Our grace grows when we have more knowledge. How am I getting knowledge? I'm ingesting the Word. Boy, do you see the way this is fitting together? And when I get more knowledge, now I understand more about the grace. And it's not just because I get to go ahead and mess up sometimes and then the grace is that safety net that catches me. Now I understand grace is something so much more than that. Grace is that thing that gives me all of those blessings and all of those promises. It is the energy. It is everything behind all of those blessings and those promises. I had this inheritance because of His grace. I have power because of His grace. And I understand that more and more now. I want to understand it even more. Why? Why? Because I don't know what's coming. But He does. So now I need more grace. I need more power. I need more wisdom, knowledge. I need more understanding. Come on. 
And He's going to provide that by His grace. But how do I do that? Take in the Word. So now, okay, the blood. The life is in the blood. i, I, I got to believe that that's His Spirit. That, that His Spirit is in, it, it just brings life. My Word is Spirit and life. So now I have this life of God. I have this Zoe in me. I have this Holy Spirit not just around me, not just ministering to me from the outside. He's in there ministering on the inside. Come on. Now my, anima- and my animation is not just because of my own spirit. I've got His Spirit on the inside of me giving my spirit the animation, giving my spirit life. Come on. Man, oh man. If I get excited, you guys... All right. So, 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 what's the key? What, what do we learn? What, what is all these scriptures? What do all these scriptures mean? We have to be in Him, and and how how are we in Him? Well, we have to read, read, pray, receive the Spirit, right? And and so now, let me ask you something: If you are not sure whether you're in Him, then you're probably not. But I'm not. Listen, and I'm not trying to be funny, and I'm not trying to. Bring, there is therefore now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ. So now if you're feeling condemnation, that's another sure sign that you're not in Him. Right? If you're taking offense, and you are, who is Tony? I'm, listen, I'm just the messenger. Alright? God is reading your mail. I'm just preaching what he sa- He's telling me to preach. Okay, listen, watch. John 1. 1 John, rather. 2 chapter, verse 6. He who says he abides in Him ought to himself also to walk just as he walked. Colossians 2, 6 through 10. As you... Now, it's not through 10. I apologize. It's 6, 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Did you see that? So walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. In the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. My brothers and my sisters, do you see that? What is he saying? He's saying, look, if you're in Him, then you're going to walk like Jesus walked. Why? I'm not Jesus. I know you're not, but you have Him in you. And so He's empowering you to walk like He walked. And we can't use that excuse anymore. If we're still leaning on that excuse, then that means we're okay with that. We're settled. And that means, look it, that means maybe you're not, maybe you're the church of Laodicea. you got one foot out and one foot in. And what you find out is, when you're straddling the fence, you're not really straddling the fence. You're out. And isn't that what God basically said? I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. So why are we two-timing? No. He, listen. Not, he's, okay. I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to tell you what my word says. I'm going to give you these commandments. And now I'm going to say to you, let's see how you do. No. Look at what the first... That's why the first part is so important. What first part? About Grace. That's so important. And the more we find out about grace, the more... I, okay, it's not about me now. Can, can you grasp this today? Can you grasp this today? He wants us in Him. And He's done everything that He can do, listen, to seal us in Him. But He still will not override your will, my will. He won't override it. So He's saying, you walk this way, I got you. And not only that, because now I'm learning more and more about grace. And what this grace says to me is look, 
<clears throat> I'm doing everything I can, even in the middle of your nonsense, even in the middle of some of these thoughts that you have, even in the middle of these mistakes that you made, I'm, my grace is reaching and crying out to you with everything because this grace is greater. What, so, so what shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How are we who are dead to sin continuing any longer therein? But what he said prior to that, where sin abounded, grace abounds much more. His grace is greater than your mistakes. Did you hear what I just said? His grace is greater than your mistakes. So it doesn't matter how many mistakes you made, but as long as you don't keep making them, as long as you call upon grace in your time of need, as long as you say, Lord, forgive me, but now I understand that His grace is greater than that sin, and so now I'm restored. I'm back to being His son. I'm back to being His daughter. And listen, He never disowned me. I walked away from Him. So now what happens is, I understand that that grace is so great that it doesn't matter what happened, it doesn't matter what circumstance I'm in the middle of right now, His grace is greater. And I have this in Christ Jesus. And His grace is trying to hold on to me. Isn't that what Paul said? He's he's reaching and that thing that he's trying to grab a hold of already got hold of him. Hallelujah. That's the grace that I want to understand. That no matter how bad I feel, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what they're saying about me, and no matter what they're not saying about me, no matter who's rejected me, no matter who's calling me names, no matter who is reviling me, no matter who is, is marginalizing me, no matter who is whatever, it doesn't matter because grace got me. His grace is greater. Doesn't matter. His grace is greater. I want to understand His grace more and more and more. But not as an excuse to sin. But as that power that's keeping me from sin. Amen? As that power that's got hold of me. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Why would He? He wouldn't. Amen? Stand with me, please. I'm going to say one, one scripture and then we're going to pray. In 1 John three twenty four, here's what it says. He who keeps His commandments abides in Him. Did you hear that? Who is it that abides in Him? He who keeps His commandments. And He in Him. And by this we know that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. So Lord God, in this moment, we call upon Your grace in the time of our need. Lord, I pray right now and bind my faith with those who are in agreement with me who know that our young people are under attack like never before. All of us are, Lord, but especially our young people. Father, we know that the electronic devices and this media is doing everything that it can to feed our young people lies. Lord, your truth is absolutely being diminished and undermined in every way that it possibly can. Lord, the enemy is doing everything that he used to do that he started to fright from the beginning and that is appeal to lusts. So Lord, I pray for the young people that are in this room and the young people that are represented by other families that are in this room. I pray for the young people that have been and out of this church 
but we still consider our loved ones. Lord, would you please guard and guide their hearts. Lord, I pray that they would reject the false doctrines and the lies. Father, I pray that Holy Spirit, that there is a seed, that there's something in all of our young people. Father, that that was planted in them from the time that they were very young. And Lord, I pray that Holy Spirit, that you will that you will touch their hearts, that you would cause a spark, and they would recognize the lies, and they would reject the lies. Lord, unfortunately, not all of the people that are being lied to or led away or led astray are young. There are some who have heard your word, who have been in your church, and who are now rejecting portions and part of your word. Lord, I pray that if there are any under the sound of my voice that is suffering that, Lord, I pray that you would minister to them. Holy Spirit, that you would convict their hearts. Bring conviction, Lord. Strong conviction, not delusion. Father, I come against delusion right now. Church, listen, this is a different prayer. I feel so motivated right now by Holy Spirit. So, listen, I, I, I apologize in advance, okay? But I'm telling you that this isn't just a prayer that we could dismiss on. I want you to get a hold of this. If the Lord is leading you, please join me. Join me, touch and agree in faith right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that none of those who call this church their home or none of our loved ones or those who you've put into our atmosphere, those who you called us to serve with and to, Lord, I pray none of them will receive the delusion that's coming upon this planet. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, that you would have access and you would bring strong conviction and they would be moved and motivated to return to their first love. Lord, I pray that those who think that they know you, because they've named the name, but they've never really followed you with their whole heart, Lord, I pray, today is the day. Lord, today is the day that they make all, no more pretense. Father, that there's all seriousness right now in Jesus' name, that today is the day I will follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, Grab hold of the hearts. Please, Lord. Please. Those who say they believe and don't walk, Lord, strengthen them with the power of your might. Father, those who have grown calluses over their hearts because of the hurts, because of the wrongs that have done in other churches, Father, please help them to, to tear up their hearts. Help them, Father, to rend their hearts. Father, that they become soft, that they become pliable. Father, that you could sow some new seed. Father, there could be some new growth. Holy Spirit, do your work in them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, for those who have been hurt, have been caused a lot of pain, either by loved ones, by the church, or whatever. Father, would you please bring healing to their soul? Father, heal them in their emotions. Father, let them not walk by hurts, by feelings any longer. Father, Just wrap your arms around them. Grab them. Father, can you please bring them in? Father, can you please hold them? Could you please restore the joy of the salvation that they once had? Father, can you please cause them to be motivated to be in Christ and nowhere else? Father, could you please do that? And Father, for all of those who have never made you the Lord of their life, Jesus, for all of them, would you please knock on the door of their heart And Lord, I pray right now that if there's any under the sound of my voice right now who has not made you the Lord of their life, Father, that they would answer because of your word 
because of your spirit, because of who you are and what you've done. Father, be famous. Jesus, be famous in all of our lives. It's in your great name I pray. Amen and amen. If you believed any portion or part of that, hang on. And it doesn't matter when you walk out of here what it looks like, what it sounds like. It doesn't matter if you get bad news, good news. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When you walk out of here, just believe. Hang on. Walk as he walked. My brothers, my sisters, you win. I read the back of the book. You win. Amen? Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace.